the true essence, the true, you know, secret sauce of happiness is creativity. You're listening to Good Is In The Details. I'm Gwendolyn Dolsky. And I'm Rudy Sallow. And this is the podcast where we learn what we didn't know we didn't know in the spirit of Socrates, all with the aim of the good life. What does it mean to live well, the happy life? This episode is actually quite special. We were just in Utah at the Outlier HQ PodFest. We were speakers, and we had the opportunity to talk about the why of podcasting. Yeah, we did. And you know, this episode is really special. Uh, just so everybody knows, this is a recording of our presentation. The first time we gave a presentation together, this was my first podcast conference where I was a speaker. I've attended several in the past, but I'm honored. Thank you, Ever Gonzalez, for giving us this opportunity and future opportunities. So if you're wondering if it sounds like we're speaking to a live audience, it was because we were. We were we were talking to other podcasters, people who are want to do a podcast. And this episode is dedicated to all my friends who have ever wanted to or are considering or are about to start their own podcast. We explain why it's extremely important that you define the why of your podcast. Even if you've already started your podcast and you still haven't figured out the reason why, we explain like it's okay, but when you're marketing your podcast and you're wondering why should you keep going with it, this is a great episode to listen to. It's a short discussion. It's a fun discussion. We riff on being grumpy Gen Xers on this episode. We explain the history of Good is in the Details, both Gwen's ideas with it, my involvement with it, what we are getting out of this podcast. And I think this will be a really fun discussion. And, you know, look, for anybody that's ever wanted to see what we are actually like live, I think this is a really good display of what Gwen and I can do together when we're in a room. And I think we did a terrific job. And I really hope people will listen to this episode. Even if you're not into live presentations, we do get into the philosophical ideas behind doing a podcast. Right. I hope anybody who's thinking about podcasting or if you're just getting started, I hope that (laughs) that this helps. But it's also just fun to talk about our story and how this came about. And it's so exciting from the beginning when, you know, I pitched the idea to you and where we are now. I mean, it's just been very cool where we've learned what works, kind of figured out (laughs) things that didn't work. But we have stuck to the underscoring principle of why we do this. And that navigates everything. And we have just built a great audience. And so thank you for everyone who listens. And I hope you enjoy this talk about the why of podcasting. Yeah, dare I say, Gwen, if you don't mind, do you think we should call it the why of podcasting or the why of your podcast, which was the title of our talk? I'm curious, what what are your thoughts about that? Okay, the why of your podcast? Yeah, maybe not. No, no, you were right. (laughs) Once again, once again, you're, you're, I love it. You're, you're right once again. And oh, yeah, I had messed up on, on that one time before. The why of podcasting, Gwen. Okay. That's, that's the title. Well, first of all, thank you for putting this together. Thank you for having us. Um, it's really a delight. We enjoy podcasting so much. So it's a lot of fun to be able to chat about it. And I had, so our podcast is called Good is in the Details. It's in the education category. But I think that there's a lot of things about educational content that is transferable. It can be valuable for anybody who wants to put together a podcast. 
So my background is in academia, I'm a philosophy professor, and I really wanted to find a way to connect with my students to get material to them. And podcasting is an excellent way because it can cost a lot of money to fly in a speaker or an author to give one talk, and if the student misses it, then that's just one semester and it's done. You get them on audio, an interview, and that educational content lasts and can stay with the student. But the other benefit is that they're not just listening to me all the time, they have an opportunity to hear somebody else, and I get to play the role of the student, essentially. Do you want to, do you want to give me the title of our talk today? Because I think the that might why. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh. Uh, the, the title of our talk today is the, the why of your podcast, which, which Gwen will explain is, is really, really relevant whether or not you're considering starting your podcast or trying to even advertise it or explain to people why they should listen to it. Yeah, and I've had an opportunity to do a couple of talks or even consult with people who are interested in podcasting. And the questions are about um, audience growth, what kind of platforms do you use, this design. A lot of technical questions, and then when I ask, but what is it about, why? And then there's a blank there. I thought, okay, that's what we have to start out with first. So we've been doing this for about four and a half years. You said we have like, what, 130? It's about 132 episodes. 132 episodes. And the reason why we've been able to consistently do this is because we have an idea of the why that we're doing this. And so I'll just briefly back up to a very simple thing that one of my teachers said in high school that stuck with me. She said, my job is to make sure that when you leave this classroom, you know more than when you walked in. Just that very simple thing. And actually, um, I've used that in my own teaching. I use that as the marker of how well am I doing. And then we do that with the podcasting. And so both of us are very curious individuals. And so when we are inviting somebody to come on, it's with this idea of, wait, we didn't know this. We want to learn more. And so when we are learning from the guest, then that is an opportunity for our audience to learn with us as well. Do you want to speak, do you want to speak a little bit to, I mean, you are a philosophy Professor, do you want to speak to the philosophical origins and component of the show? Because there is, there's a, here, the running joke on the show is, uh, I'm the dumb one, and I think philosophy is completely useless because it never answers any questions. Now, it, throughout this talk, throughout this talk, you'll figure out that I actually am very passionate about philosophy, and I, and I love, my love of the show is because I have learned a lot from it. But that is the running joke of the show. I, I, I think I make fun of philosophy a lot, but I think if you hear some of, a bit about the philosophical backgrounds and origins here and how useful philosophy is, I do think it's important as to why our show is successful and is, is growing. Yeah, so with the ancient Greeks, it's not <laughs> with the Socrates thing, it's premised on the idea of Socrates. And that Socrates went out into the world and he was just inquiring and asking questions and that that's actually what it meant to live life well. So there are the things, there's three states of knowledge. There's the stuff that you know that you know. Like I know that I know basic arithmetic. Then there's the stuff that you know that you don't know. I know that I don't know astrophysics and I'm okay with that. Then there's the stuff that you don't know that you don't know. 
And that's where it gets to be interesting. And the thing is with Socrates or with this philosophical background, there really is this idea that when you learn something that you didn't know that you didn't know, there is this spark of happiness. So, you know, if somebody tells you some kind of like tidbit or new fact and you're like, oh, I didn't know that, what you really mean is, oh, I didn't know that I didn't know that. But don't say that because that will just make everything awkward. But that's, but that's what the premise of the show is. And it's really connected us with so many great thinkers and so many great authors, people from, we've done medicine to film to comedy to other academics. And when people ask about podcasting, I always say like, this is also an opportunity for your own growth as a person. Um, that is one of the things that's there. Now there's three million, what, three million podcasts out there. I don't want, yeah, I mean, the numbers, you know, it, it, who, who even knows? There's new ones that come up. There's podcasts that no longer exist, but 3 million seems to be the number, but that was like a year ago. It could be 4 million by now. But as far as like active podcasts, it's definitely certainly under 3 million, but in the history of podcasts, that seems to be the number that stats say. I think because most people stop after about 12 episodes. They realize that it's hard and then they give up. I think that's what happens. Yeah, but I mean, I, I encourage people to do it. I think that what podcasting is going to be for business is going to be like the new blogging. I think that every business, when you go to their website, it's going to be like, here's some quick audio. Here's um, maybe five, ten minutes to learn more about us. So it is essential to sit down and think, well, wait a minute, why am I putting it out there? What is the listener going to get out of this? What are they going to know more about than when they started? For me, that's that's the why, but I think that that works for all podcasts, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, speaking of the, the type of podcasting that you're referring to for businesses, it's called branded podcasts, and I've been on a branded podcast before. It was done by Protective Insurance. It's called Safer Roads. And, you know, branded podcasts were really hot in the 2020s during the era of the pandemic. Uh, there are certain companies out there that were like, hey, look, uh, everyone's working from home. you got to reach your audience, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone kind of started their own branded podcast. I don't know how – I don't know – if that's going to be the wave of the future anymore, but having been involved in one, you know, I, I know a little bit about it. I, as far as the why of good is in the details, obviously we, we, we heard from the first speaker that, that it's a business, right? They are building a business. Their podcast is a business. Their, their ultimate goal is to make money. I'm, I'm assuming they're already making some money. And I, I have to, I mean, I, I have to be like perfectly honest here uh, when I talk about the why of good is in the details. Would it be nice if this paid the bills? Would it be nice if, if that occurred? Sure, but that's not my why. Um, my why of it is I do it to become a better, more well-rounded person. And it's from that that I actually think that I connect deeper with my clients. So I'm a lawyer by day. I, I work at a large international law firm. I'm, I'm a partner there. And I happen to work in one of the most boring areas of law that you can even think about. And I, I'm constantly thinking of ways to become a smarter person to connect with clients and have a deeper relationship with them. So that is my, my why. In a way, I, I take the knowledge and I take you know, the interesting things to talk about and interesting experts, um, and, and I use them in conversations. Would, would I love to be a full-time podcaster someday? I absolutely would. That's why I come to these conferences. That's why I read as much as I can about podcasts. That's why I love the business of podcasting. And 
growing something uh, from nothing. I mean, when you start a podcast, it's nothing. It's one of the most beautiful things on earth. It's you are being creative. And, and Gren was talking a little bit about some of the subcategories of, what, of some of the shows that we have on Good as in the Details. What I've come to understand, and I wouldn't have been able to come to understand this, but for Good as in the Details is the true the true essence, the true, you know, secret sauce of happiness is creativity. I, I, we have done many episodes with experts, you know, psychologists, uh, self-help people, um, uh, religious figures, and at the end of the day, the conclusion that we've always come to is, wow, you cannot be a happy person without being creative. And I am so much happier after doing good as in the details. And you know what? Happiness leads to business success. And I talk a lot about that. Because, you know, I think, I think most of my clients, some of my clients want a miserable lawyer. I mean, they just do. I, that's just the way it is. But the rest of my clients actually really like me as a, as a person and a friend. Why? Because I'm happy. Because I don't bring them down. Because I'm not always thinking about business. I'm thinking about their family. I'm thinking about their well-being. I'm thinking about their happiness. And that leads to business success. So I, I, I don't know. That's just, that's just a running theme on the show is the importance of creativity. And I love the fact that there are podcasters in the room, indie, non-indie, doesn't matter. It's just so important to be creative. And that truly is the essence of happiness. And, and that is a running theme on our show. Yeah, and that, that goes into the why, where it's an expression of yourself, I think. You know, a couple of things about guests, because since we are an interview-based show, so um, I was just going to say some advice about getting guests. You want to start out with your email, how do you reach out to them. First, start out by letting them know how you became familiar with their work. Like, I saw your book here, or I saw you were on another podcast this, I'm very interested. Start out with that, and then let them know that you have, you're inviting them to come on the show. But one of the things I found to be very helpful in reaching out to get people on the show is to start out with, this is how I came across your work, this is why I find it really interesting, and it would be a delight to have you on. Um, don't start out the email with like, so I've got this podcast, and it just, it's not gonna come over, it's not gonna go over the same way. The other thing that I think is important for all areas of life, and I think that it works for podcasting too, is to have a foundation of gratitude. And the way in podcasting we show a foundation of gratitude is that we respect the person's time who's coming on, and that means that we release the best version of that conversation. If there are ums, if there are pauses, if there are stutters, we edit that out. We want this person to have this record of them talking and being able to say, hey, this is me, look at what I've done, and be very excited for them. And I think one of the most satisfying or happy things that's happened to me in our journey is when we've had a guest on who's written a book and somebody comes and says, I bought that book, a listener based on that. So one of the best ways to respect somebody's time, I think, is to have a clean version of that conversation. Don't get lazy with it. And then also- Gwen, how many hours do you spend editing a show? Be, be honest, tell, tell her because I think it's incredible. She is a master editor. She makes me not sound like an idiot most of the time. But but really, how many how, how many hours do you spend per show? I'm kind of I'm kind of a perfectionist. I mean, it's a minimum. I think for an entire episode represents at least ten hours of work. 
So, um, but it, it can be more. That's not only the editing, but I'm also a bookworm, so if somebody wrote a book, I read the book. Our last guest, we read two of his books. He sent us two of his books. So reading it and then preparing the questions, and I think that's one of the things that people enjoy about our show, the guests on our show, is that they say, you ask real questions. I'm not sure what that means, because I don't know what everybody else is asking, but I think that we really enjoy their work, and it's um, our own curiosity, I think, that's allowing for this to flourish. It's also a beautiful thing to, you know, the world is hard, like there's a lot of difficult things in the news right now. It's a really beautiful thing to participate in putting out uplifting content, right? Or so elevate somebody's voice. Give that person an opportunity to showcase their work. You're also doing that, putting something out into the world. I know for me, as a parent, it's, impo it's important for me to be able to carve out a space that makes the world better. And if it's through this indie podcast of doing that, I'm just saying like, hey, we did something good here. This was a good story, a good message, and we elevated it. So that's also part of my why. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, I used to just be a guest host on, on the show because I was involved in a number of different shows. I've done audio drama podcasts. I was on a transportation podcast for a long time. But one of the reasons why I committed to Good is in the Details, uh, with Gwen started uh, doing a great job uh, Zoom recording. We, we used to do it in person, and then we went to Zoom, and, and Gwen was doing a terrific job of documenting the pandemic. And I think do think that, like, I wanted to document the pandemic in a way where I'd like to go back 20, 30, 40 years, you know, God willing, someday I have grandkids and they're able to like hear about the great pandemic of 2020. And it was just interesting. That's how I committed full time to the show. And since that time, it's actually on the show that I've learned about my why. My why is I am becoming a better person. I am becoming more empathetic. I am becoming smarter. I am becoming... Uh, more encouraging of creativity. I'm expanding my views on things, and I get a hell of a lot of free books, and that's that's great. You know, inflation. You got to figure out every ways to cut corners. Uh, I really mean this. If we never make another dollar from the show, I would continue to do it. I would. I really would. One of the reasons why my my wife loves the show. She does, and she's been on the show a couple of times. And she gives us a lot of feedback, and, and it's actually made our relationship like like great. So like I, I think if you can actually produce something that and my wife is a perfectionist as well, that your spouse likes or like your friends like, if that's if that's enough, then that's great. You know, sure, becoming famous might be your goal. Becoming rich off of it might be your goal. I don't think that's the reason. Your, that should be your initial why. But I think that. If that happens naturally, organically, that's a that, that's great. Every you know, we all got to make money, but I do think that just recognizing that the power of creativity in and of itself should be enough reason why you do it and continue to do it. Yeah, his wife is she's extremely intelligent. She's a general surgeon, and so uh, her name is Kate. And so I would text him, I think, in the beginning and say, like, what did you think about the episode? And I said, no, wait, what did Kate think about the episode? Like, she was the marker of it. Did this work out or not? But yeah, she's been on some episodes. Yeah, she, she listens to more podcasts than I do. So she, she you know, she's an expert. Um, and, and as a listener, we, I get gut checks from her all the time. And I think that's important. I think, you know, if you don't have that gut check person who will tell you if something sucks 
or tell you if you said something stupid, you got to find that person. Yeah, I, I do think that's very, very important. Now, I, have, I happen to have that kind of great relationship with my wife where she often tells me I sound stupid. But thankfully, it's not on the show because Gwen's such a master editor. <laughs> Well, I thought I would share something in terms of a favorite, one of my favorite episodes, because it broke a lot of the rules that you'll be told about how to go about podcasting, especially when you're looking for guests. One of them being is that you want somebody with a giant social media presence, because when you get that guest, the blue checkmark guest, then that's going to be spread all over. So that's one of the rules. Clear speaker, maybe not too academic. And we kind of broke all those rules. And what had happened was one of my former students, she had posted, so it's just been like three years now, when there was um, a, lot of, a lot of crime against Asian Americans. And she had posted um, this tearful Instagram story about just her parents, because she's American, her parents are from Taiwan, and just being afraid of walking outside. Like just and thinking about her parents, just wondering are my parents okay? Like there, there was just so much fear, and it really, really hit me. And I had a friend from undergrad who had double majored in philosophy and history, got his PhD in history and Asian American studies, and so I got in touch with him and I said, hey, can we learn about Asian American history? Can you come on the show? And he said yes. No social media presence whatsoever. He has zero. He's barely on Facebook. No Instagram, no, no Twitter, nothing. Um, and he came on, and then as, as my friend, he was also, he liked the podcast, but he was nervous. And so one of the things that's our responsibility, I think, is to make sure that the person feels comfortable. It is one of our top episodes. I think it's one of the top 10. And I assign that episode to my students. And it, um, when we'll talk in philosophy, we'll talk about justice, we'll talk about rights. And that episode with James, we covered from the history of labor to Supreme Court rulings to then pop culture, how are Asian Americans portrayed in film and cinema. Um, we covered all of these things. And I have my students respond to this who they, they felt seen, they felt heard by this episode. And it wasn't like, sometimes, you know, we laugh a lot on the episodes. We're not just learning, but we're laughing. It was a more serious episode. So I wasn't sure if we'd be able to carry the audience the whole the way through it. And I went with my gut and saying, wait a minute, I don't know anything about this. I have a friend who knows everything about this. I'm gonna learn about this. This is uplifting content. We're gonna put it out there. It's topical and it worked. So I take that as a lesson to go with your gut of what it is that you want to put out into the world. And people are gonna to gravitate to that energy. Because if you're only chasing the blue check mark guest, for instance, or you're only doing whatever the trend is, you're just recycling. You've lost the creativity. You've lost what your voice is, what you are passionate about. So I was wondering if you had a favorite episode. Oh, gosh. I don't know if you I mean if you if you were to believe me yeah, on the intros to every episode I say it's my favorite episode so basically I come off as a big PSer. Um, yeah, you know it's it's hard to say what my favorite episode is. Uh, it's probably one of the ones where we where we actually where I actually uh, have a light bulb moment about the power of creativity. I really love that subcategory and uh, I'm really into lawyer happiness. In fact, just this just a couple of days ago. I was asked to speak to the, the African-American resource group at my law firm about business development. And, the, and just so happened that the managing partner of the entire firm, the CEO, is in, it happens to be in LA, so I want to join you. 
So it's me and it's him, and I'm going through my business development you know, list, because uh, I happen to love business development, and I'm very, very passionate about it. And I could see like people's eyes were kind of like opening and their mouths were dropping. And I ended the discussion with number seven, which was lawyer happiness. And, and then I, and I just kind of opened up to them and said, look, I know I sound like a crazy person. I know I sound like all I do all day is work and everything. But in fact, that's not true. I am an extremely creative person. And I went into the fact that I, I have a podcast, that, that I write, that I act, that I do, that I write for Forbes, that I do all these creative things. And what I, round, what I basically kind of rounded about way was, I have the energy to do all, all of my work. I have the energy to, to do business success because I'm happy. And I spend a ridiculous amount of time dedicating my time to the creative side of my life in order to be happy, in order to have business success. And that the, the CEO manager of the firm just kind of, his eyes kind of opened up and he and I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation after that about lawyer happiness and how important it is to be creative. So it was just really good. It was really good to kind of uplift these other lawyers and tell, and tell them in front of somebody that can decide their comp and their future, you know, being happy even as a lawyer is very, very important. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, through the show, I, I think it's just made me, give, given me the power to speak to, well, hey, how do you be happy? Yeah, I mean, it's like so amorphous. Like, what do you do? Thankfully, through the show and I'm in that subcategory, I have episodes to share to people about how to be happy and successful. It lead, it's from creativity. I was thinking of, you know, some of the times when there's been... Uh like some silly moments or when you have to be yourself or there's some sort of an error and you end up keeping it, right? Like, I'm trying to think, or every once in a while, I don't know, my daughter will pipe up in the background and hear <laughs> in some of the episodes. I think that's also important is to allow for that flow that you can be very human on it. So I think one of the things with, you know, the editing, you also want to make sure that you don't... Um, if you're going from perfection, then you're going to lose the human vulnerable part and what your voice is. So you've got your why, the way you reach out to your guests. Um, I would also say when you are a guest on another show, one of the things, I think there's just three simple tips, because if you're in podcasting, you're going to end up on somebody else's podcast as well. I'm amazed at how many people don't check out a little bit of the show that they're about to be on. So listen to at least one episode of the podcast that you're going to be on. Um, have Well, if you're in podcasting, you'll have your headphones and your mic. But another thing is I would give the rating to the other show and also take the time to promote it. If it is a small podcast, still go ahead and do that because when you're uplifting that podcast that you're now part of, you're also uplifting your voice. So I think collaborating with other shows, the other podcasts are not your competition. These are the people you want people to be engaged and talking about podcasts. In the same way, I would say somebody who is a writer, they don't just want you to read their own book. They're an advocate of reading, right? They want people to be reading. So it's the same thing with podcasting. And we've had some great collaborations with a couple of um, like-minded podcasts as well. Yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, we're, we're here to network with obviously other podcasters, right? I mean, are there, are there just listeners in the office uh, audience? I mean, technically we're all listeners, right? I mean, we have podcasts, but we also love the medium. And, you know, we're here to learn more about your shows and to promote you all. But yeah, we do, we, we dare I say, 
you know, I think we've got pretty high standards about promoting other shows because she and I will go listen. We will uh, rate the show. We will promote. We will promote it when we're on other people's shows on our social media. Uh, which you know, we we're, we're not big lovers of social media, but it's that hey. And you know what? We do that, and, and it's not like this quid pro quo. Like, you know, if they come onto our show, it'd certainly be nice if they did that because it's kind of like, well, we spent 10 hours recording you. We, we did all this promotion. But if they don't, that's fine. But we just kind of, we hold ourselves to super high standards of promotion and making this a community. I think the social media thing, did I say, are we just grumpy Gen Xers? And you were like... Oh, we're so we're so grumpy Gen Xers. I, I really, I, 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 you know, I'm sure we're going to talk more about social media today. Um, my heart broke when when somebody mentioned earlier that Gen Z searches oh, on TikTok. TikTok. That I mean, I, I mean, that really, really, really bothers me. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into a negative fest, but the fact if that's actually true, I really fear for our future. This is the type of stuff that we talk about. Like, we kind of riff off of each other. Because we are Gen Xers, and I don't know, I think that's kind of a unique, interesting voice these days because we're, we're sandwiched between the boomers and the younger folk, and we're kind of sitting back and we're observing, and we're, we're trying to use philosophy in order to kind of be happier Gen Xers, but we're still just two grumpy people, I think. <laughs> And we get it left out, right? Gen X, people will talk about boomers and the millennials and Gen Z, and nobody's talking about Gen X. And we're like, well, I guess that's okay. We don't, we don't really need to be. But we're the greatest generation. I know. Oh, we are, totally. Good is in the Details is produced by Dr. Gwendolyn Dolsky and Rudy Salo. Special thanks to Outlier HQ for having us come speak, and we're looking forward to the next event. I think it's in May in Irvine. If anyone listening is curious about the event, please feel free to get in touch. Good is in the details pod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, good is in the details pod. And we'd also like to take this moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, avonmoreinc.com. It's that small business that started in the 90s and became an international sensation in the bridge community. For all the bridge players out there, or if you have friends or family that like to play bridge, check out avonmoreinc.com. I'll be linking them in the show notes. They have cards, tallies, coasters, napkins, everything you need for your next bridge party. Okay, until next time, bye.